God's word tells us in Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Think about that. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So many Christians want to be like the proverbial ostrich that sticks his head in the sand and be blind to what's going on. I've heard a number of people over the years say, well, I just don't watch the news. I just, well, I mean, that's everybody's freedom and prerogative to do so. But as a pastor and any Bible-believing pastor, it's our duty to watch out for the flock that God has made us an undershepherd to. And when God's Word tells us, if you see trouble coming on the horizon, you are to sound the shofar to warn the people. And if you do, and they come under attack, then their blood will be on their hands. But if you see the trouble coming and you do not sound a warning, then their blood will be on your hands. Uh, it's absolutely mind-boggling what we see going on in the world today. They ran a survey last year and 63% of those under the age of 30 said they would vote for a socialistic president. I would vote for a socialist president. And I think the trouble is, the initial verse that I put in Mosea 4, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I think these youngins are getting a steady diet of pro-communist ideology and not hearing the truth about what socialism is about. Christianity is coming under attack even by those who are on their political stump. That Beto O'Rourke, he is an absolute moron. Uh, and I'm being nice. He said that he wants to take the tax-exempt status away from all churches that don't preach the equality of homosexuality from the uh, pulpit. He wants to come and take away and remove the Second Amendment right for your guns. And you know what's bad? The rest of those little-delivered liberals are in agreement with it, but not as outspoken as he is. Christianity is the direct antithesis to socialism. Socialism, God, we, we have been told in history that if you don't know history, you will be doomed to repeat it. And apparently people don't know it. We, people ought to be alarmed as soon as they hear that word socialism. Now they couple it with what's called democratic socialism. I don't care if it's democratic socialism. I don't care if it's what's called the Fabian form of socialism. All socialism is in a direct antithesis to biblical Christianity. Socialism has never, ever worked. Never. And God's word is strong against socialism. God's word, will, that's, that's why Christianity has to be silenced in the face of socialistic ideology. Anytime it's been, even before Karl Marx and Frederick Engels would be teaching uh, their communistic ideology. There were those societies who tried to employ a socialistic form of existence. Even here in the United States, before it was the United States. Remember a place called, how many have ever visited Jamestown? 
In the 1600s, 1611, they brought a bunch of uh, Europeans here and they settled in Jamestown. And they found that the soil was good. They could grow stuff. There was plenty of wildlife. There was plenty of fish. And out of the 104 pilgrims that were here, within a few months, only 38 were left alive. And you think, well, why is that? Let me, there's a book called uh, well, The Problem of Socialism. Let's see if I want, I want to hear want you to hear uh, what he said about here we go the first American settlers originally adopted communal or socialized ownership of land and property as a result most of them rather quickly starved to death or died of disease and what he's going to talk about the main problem of socialism is incentive listen to this when the first pilgrims arrived in Jamestown, Virginia in May 1607, I said 1611, but then again, I couldn't remember what chapter I was reading out of. They found incredibly fertile soil and plentiful seafood, wild game, and fruits of all kinds. Despite all of this, within six months, all but 38 of the original 104 Jamestown settlers were dead, having starved. Two years later, 500 more pilgrims arrived in Virginia transported there by the Virginia Company, and a shocking 440 of them died from starvation or disease. Described by one eyewitness wrote, who lived through this, he wrote this down, so great was our famine that a savage we slew and buried, the poor sword tuck him up again and eat him. And so did divers one another, bold and stewed with roots and herbs. This man also remarked that the cause of the starvation was want of providence and industry and not the barrenness of the defect of the country as is generally supposed. In other words, the problem was lack of effort, not a lack of resources. But they, they, see what they were? They were indentured servants. They, they, didn't have, uh, uh, they didn't have a dog in that fight. To pay for their passage over here, they were to till the land. They were the, they'd got nothing out of it. They didn't own land. They, they, well, no matter how hard you worked, everybody else got the same share out of it. So you know what happens? Why should I do that? Why should I try to put anything else in it? If I'm not getting no more than uh, Joe Blow over here who's said he's got back trouble and don't want to do nothing. So you know what happened? They starved to freaking death. Socialism has never, ever worked. It just can't. <clears throat> when there's no incentive, which is one of the first pillars of why socialism won't work, the second is like it, a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. Let's take, for example, Bernie, I'm going to use you as an example here. Let's say that donut, Bernie's going to start a donut factory. Yeah, I'd like to be one of your first customers. You're going to start a donut factory. Okay. You came up with this idea to make a better donut. A donut with a little hole, okay? Get more donut for your money there. That's all. So he has an incentive to do something for himself and for his family. Where if you have a communal socialistic, you're putting it all in the pot. The government owns your ideals. You don't have any incentive to come up with something better. And then when you come up with that, then you've got to have flour to make 
the donut. So the man that has flour, he wants to be competitive. So he makes a better flour. He makes it cheaper. He makes it more available. The guy that makes the flour gets it from somebody who's driving the truck. The guy that's driving the truck wants to make a better diesel engine. He wants to do, he wants to piggyback the load. He's coming up with ideals. No matter where you are in history, knowledge under a free market system will grow exponentially. Where there is socialism, there's no incentive. And if there's no incentive, remember what Archie Bunker called his son-in-law? You become a meathead. You become a meathead. So incentive kills socialism. <laughs> Folks, Bernie Sanders went around there. All these young people thought Bernie Sanders was the greatest thing since sliced bread. We're going to have free education. We're going to have uh, free medical care for everybody. We're going to have free... All There's no such thing as free. Your taxes will pay for it. You know what kills incentive? Do you know what kills knowledge in a socialistic society? You tax those who believe in capitalism to run them out of business. You tax them to the point that even now, whether you realize it or not, in a whole work year, one-third of your year goes to pay taxes and government fees and such. One-third, you're working for the government now. If a socialist gets in charge, you're just going to be existing on what... It, it, in fact, even Karl Marx said, Karl Marx said, the ingenuity and the creativity of a certain group will be taken away to give to those who don't have. So why come up with anything? Why? It will choke the life out of any society. Argentina tried it. They starved. We, we, we see that uh, uh, so many of the Latin American countries who have tried. In fact, Russia itself. We, a lot of the things in the news right now about the Ukraine. Up until 1917, the Ukraine was the breadbasket of the the world. They exported grain to everybody. When communism came in and they were working for the state, they had to beg for food. There is no such thing as equality. Alright? There's not. It never will be. There's always going to be, for example, Bernie who come up with the small donut, whole donut. There's going to be uh, Lee who will come up with a Better kennel for is it Dobermans? You, you got for Dobermans, you know, cleaner, nice. And there's going to be people who wouldn't strike at a snake. They're not equal, but they want uh, the, the the lily livered liberals, the socialists, wants equality, particularly in materialistic goods. But everybody is not supposed to receive equal everything because of the inequality. Let me show you something. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 20. Verse 10. What is wrong with me today, Lord? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'll get that later, Matt. Don't worry about it. I'll drop it every Sunday. I'll get it. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. Thank you, son. For even when we were with you that we commanded that if any would not work, what? Neither would they eat. The Bible is blatantly against socialism. That's why socialism has to get rid of the Bible. God's word says if they don't work, they don't eat. But if you're not putting, if you don't have, if you don't have any skin in the game, you're not going to work. Yes, ma'am. 
college and he came home and they talked about religion, they taught him that Jesus was just a man and that he was a master manipulator. They killed him because he became more popular. Yeah. They're teaching them that the I can't believe what they're teaching them in college. It's a blatant Northeast State. There is, like I said, there's, they're receiving a steady diet. Our young men are receiving a steady diet in the educational system of socialism, which is blatantly an enemy against Christianity. Turn your over to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to see what God's Word says about these things here. Matthew chapter 25. That's going to be a little long. I may read it real fast or I may just read part of it, but you need to see this. It shows how the Bible is in charge of capitalism, which our younger people want no part of. In Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one to every man according to his several ability. You see that? To according to his ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went out and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one and went and digged the earth and hid his Lord's towns, after a long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so that he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strong. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent to the earth. Lo, there that thou hast, uh, that, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strong. Therefore, oughtest thou therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then, at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which had ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given... And he that shall have abundance, but from him that shall not be taken away uh, even that which he has, which he had. And cast ye unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, baby, you don't get any bla more blatant as that as contrary to a Bernie Sanders, a socialistic form of government. God's word is showing right there there's inequality. Not everybody had the same ability. He said he gave, invested in people that had the better ability. But not to the socialists. You see, socialism is a legal form of robbery. That's what it is. It's a legal, it, it is based on pure materialism. Barack Obama himself explained to a little girl the benefits of socialism. He said, honey, it's like if if there's a person that had a pizza pie and you didn't have a pizza pie, we would take that pizza piece, parts of his pizza and give it to you. Well, that sounds all well and good, but that is government stealing nonetheless. 
God's word tells us in Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, thou shalt not steal. Socialism is legalized theft. Even Mark said, we'll take from those that have to give to those that don't have. Well, granted, we have, for example, if you tax the churches, if you take, take away uh, the, the, the tax uh, incentive of churches, you know what? The government will not be able to handle all the indigent people, all the, the benevolence that churches do to help in the community. The government will be swamped with people who are in need of the benefits of the church of Jesus Christ. The most dangerous thing, there are those people right now who literally want to destroy the United States of America. They want to destroy America. They want to destroy what this nation was built upon. Socialism is covetousness. Again, referring to Exodus 20, verse 17. Thou shalt not covet. And, and socialism, you have those who do not have who are coveting the things that... And you know, it, actually, it absolutely burns my bacon when, when I hear some of these little-livered liberals say, well, we just want the wealthy to pay their fair share. Who do you think is paying the majority of the taxes now? People who only make a certain amount of income don't pay any taxes. It's the people who are in the upper brackets that's paying the taxes that keeps the schools going, that keeps, keeps their infrastructure going. It just... All this is just built on ignorance. And it just amazes me that these people will stand up and say, <clears throat> I am a socialist and you elect me as president. We will make the United States a socialist country. When history has declared socialism has never worked. In the early 1980s, when the failure of communism in Russia caused the wall to come, Berlin Wall come down, the economic advisor to Gorbachev admitted that the economic uh, increase or the economic uh, account of Russia was only 5% of that of the United States. Communism caused the USSR to crumble. It couldn't sustain itself. You want to see it here? And it's like talking news today. China, under Mao Zedong, was communistic. They were starving to death. But down below China was a place called Hong Kong. You hear about that in news here. You know, there wasn't ever, they had no visible resources other than a big harbor. And they become one of the wealthiest countries in the Far East because they had open free commerce, had a flat tax. And that's why China wants Hong Kong now to fuel the failure of communism. Communism will not work in the United States at all. God's word also to, in fact, <clears throat> excuse me, if you will look over here at Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to start with verse 4, if I can get over here to it. <laughs> Man, I need to get me a flat pulpit thing, because everything wants to fall out on this slant thing. We got here. one around here somewhere, I got five. Do? Yeah, I thought we did. Yeah, we in Hebrews 13, we're going to start with verse 4. I want you to see what God's Word says. Marriage is honorable in all, the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And look at this. And be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Now, we see right there that God's word honors marriage. Socialism does not like the family unit. Doesn't advocate marriage. You know why? Because they want the socialist ideology to become what's called humanistic existentialism. It becomes the God that provides for all the people. And because socialism doesn't work and is based on pure materialism, there's got to be somebody who will rise to the top to guarantee that these different government agencies exist. And then you have what's called totalitarianism. You've got an ultimate ruler. That's why they don't want government borders. They don't want any uh, national borders. In fact, not wanting, not wanting families, not advocating marriage. Remember Hillary Clinton wrote, It Takes a Village? That's not by accident. She wrote her dissertation when she was in college on a man called Saul Alinsky. And he was a revolutionary who taught how to topple down governments. Folks, if, if people just do their basic homework and check these things out, wouldn't even be an issue today. And all these millennials, I'd love to be able to, to, to speak at one of the colleges around here and just give them a brief history like we're talking about this morning and say, show me where socialism has ever worked. It dies from a lack of incentive. It dies from a lack of knowledge. It dies from a lack of distribution. Let's say, for example, get burning again your donut factory. And I'll be glad to get that up and running. Um, let's say, okay, since other people are involved in all this, that, and the other, you don't know whether to make a dozen donuts today or five dozen because there's no way of telling the demand except what the government says you have to make. And so your business is going to steadily decline instead of increase. When we look at what God's Word tells us about these things, in fact, God's Word tells us in Proverbs 22, 28, to not move the ancient landmarks. You know why that's in there? Because God's Word advocates the ownership of private property. When we lived over in Inglewood, uh, <laughs> they had the house right across from us went up for sale. And the guy who lived beside him, late one night, I saw him out there. <laughs> Remember that lived? I saw him out there, and I thought, what's he doing? Well, you know, they would go out and survey uh, a piece of property that's getting ready to be sold. And it got them stakes in the ground with orange on there. Well, he thought it come too far over on him. He decided to correct it. <laughs> he went there and took him stakes and moved them. Well, guess what? He got in big trouble over that. God's Word says in Proverbs 22, 28, Thou shalt not move the ancient landmarks. God's Word tells us that He advocates the owner of personal property. Look at the 12 tribes and the land that's allotted to them. You see, because if you have your own property, you have your own materials, you're going to work extra hard. In fact, God's Word tells us so clearly that anybody who does not provide for their own family is worse than an infidel. Socialism wants you to have your dedication to the government, to the community, to the village. But God's Word knows that what is best, because God's Word tells us that He's coming, we might have joy, that our joy might be full. God wants His children to be blessed. And that's why the land that you have, you're going to work harder to, to get that. I, I, I admire people. Uh, I know Matt's been talking here lately. 
his house is, I, I told him, I said, Matt, you might want to think about selling your house. And uh, because with your health and with Brandy MS and everything, trying to take care of your land and everything, it's just going to get more difficult and, and maybe get you like a townhouse or something like that. that, uh, that see, he's, he's got an investment. He went and he got, uh, got it surveyed, how much, he, you know, he, how much money equity he has, that's what I'm looking for. And so he, he's, he can build up, he can do what's best for his family. Now, some of us people are getting up in years, except for me and Jerry. Ain't that right, Jerry? Amen. We refuse it. We refuse it. We're, we're part of what's called the Peter Pan syndrome. We refuse to grow up. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. <laughs> I heard her say the other day, men, they're just like boys with bigger toys. But anyway, uh, you see, as we get older, we have equity in things. That's just like certain things that I have. I tell them all the time, I said, now these books, these certain books I got up there, I said, when I croak, I said, I have investment. They're, they're, they're first print autographed books. Be careful. When I tell her about it, I said, my motorcycle's over here. Whatever you do, don't let marry some old hairy-legged guy to come in here and just sell off everything he had. This one's worth this much. This isn't worth that much. That's equity. That's retirement. Our house, what is it? You see, you can build up. You take care of your family even after you're gone. But in a socialistic government, they want to own everything. Everything that's under your roof, everything's under your house. They want to own it and they will decide the price of it. They want to decide when and what you can sell. They want to decide how much you will earn every month. Have you notice how the socialists say, okay, we're going to raise minimum wage. What is it, $15 now? Yeah. Something like that. Sounds like a good thing, don't it? Well, you know what happens when you raise minimum wage? Everything else goes up. The diner can't absorb it. He has to pass it on. So when he passes that on, what happens? He'll go out of business. Walmart has practically ruined mom and dad businesses in the United States. You know, when... Uh, uh, what was the, the... What's the name of the founder of Walmart? Sam Walton. Sam Walton. He, remember, remember when their advertisement was, we buy only American. Remember that? As soon as he croaked, what, guess what the kiddos did? They'll buy any piece of junk as cheap as they can get it. And what did it do? It helped China. It helped China. Look, when you buy a new pair of shoes now, I, I dare say it'd be on the safe side of 70%, saying, look where it comes from. You know what? That has helped China. Because of the, a lot of this trade that's opened up. See, people get on uh, uh, Donald Trump. And he's got, he, you know, he, sometimes he, he says stuff and i just like, man, you shouldn't have said that, you know. One thing I like about him, though, he thinks a lot like me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's scary. But what he's trying, he, he said, China has ripped us off. You know why they've ripped us off? Because these crooked politicians that had the swamp just, just like Biden's son make all that money in Ukraine. They got caught with their hand in a cookie jar and they want to kill the man who exposed it. That's the bottom line. You see, he wants boundaries here in the United States. The socialists, they want a one world government. One, one world government. And you know what? People start starving to death because it don't work. It never has worked. It never will work because it is the antithesis of biblical teaching. Move not the ancient landmarks. You have your own land. 
God's word says, whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all to the glory of God, not the government. God's word says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he what? Also reap. You sow a little bit, guess what you're going to get? A little bit back. You go out on a limb and do your best and take chances and, and take night classes, going to school or trying to better yourself. You work hard in this country, guess what happened? You do good. But if you want to be like the covetous, if you want to be like the non-Christian, and you want to sit back and say, I'm jealous of what he has and I want part of it, you're not Christian. You're not living a Christian principle. We're not to be jealous. God's word says, as we read over here in Hebrews 13, be content in what things you have. It doesn't mean you, you never tried to achieve. In fact, just the opposite, because God's word tells us to strive for mastery, to strive to do better, to achieve all you can achieve for the glory of God. If the church of Jesus Christ don't wake up and see what's going on, next election, you could lose it. They've already told us what they will do if they're put into power. And I'm not talking Democrat or Republican. I'm talking spiritual and non-spiritual. I'm talking biblical and non-biblical. That Bible tells us how to live our personal lives and how best to run a government. What do they want to do? We don't care what the Bible says. There's a way that seems right unto us. What's the last of that verse? The way then thereof is the way of death. The way of death. God's word tells us time and again. That if you don't work, you don't eat. Free education, who's going to pay for the teachers? Who's going to pay for the curriculum? Who's going to pay for the education? It's coming out of your taxes. And what's it worth? It's nothing. At the end, it's going to be like what Argentina. It takes a buggy, a buggy full of money to buy a loaf of bread. It means nothing. You just print more money. Listen to what these idiots are saying, people. And how long do Christians rise up and say, we're not taking this no more. We're, we're going to speak out and expose these non-Christians that they are non-Christian. I don't care how many times Pelosi says, I'll be praying for you. My question is, who are you praying to? Never seen such lying cheating in my life. Now, as far as politics in general, I wouldn't trust these people in a hen house with a muzzle but I'm telling you, there are those who are closer to the biblical mandate and those who are the furthest away and detest the Christian worldview. I don't worry so much about me, but my grandchildren. Linda was out of town last couple days and she Got said... Got five uh, minutes. Huh? Got five minutes. Well, that's what you think. Were you the government? <laughs> <laughs> Give you five minutes, try to take it away. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, Lynn said, check on the boys while they're gone. Well, <laughs> I took them out to eat, uh, uh, was it Thursday night? And then uh, stopped by and checked on them. I said, what are y'all going to eat later today? Landon's about 14, Clayton's 20. He, Clayton's over at ETSU, which kills me. Wish he was more of a good Christian college around. But anyway, uh, I said, well, Papa, that, oh, there's as much as Papa. Well, well, we'll do something to get in the truck. Took them out to eat. Last night I took them. Yesterday I took them out to eat. They wanted to go to a Mexican restaurant. Favorite So I go home and I'm studying and such and what have you for today. The phone rings, and uh, it was um, Clayton. He said, uh, "Paul, Paul, you mentioned a supper time. Uh, 
you might like to have some ice cream. Do you want to go get some ice cream? I said, I'll be there in a little bit. We went, <laughs> we went down to the deck. I enjoyed that time with my family. But every one of my children and grandchildren have worked. They know to work. Clayton worked over coals over there and going to school at the same time. My daughter worked at the jewelry store. Matt is always, Matt is expert on how to get a job. He is the expert. I've never seen nothing like he could write a book, but he always worked and paid for his stuff. You see, that's the American way. These daggone little millennials run around, not all of them, there's some of them that's really good. They're saying, hey, we're going to vote for Bernie, or we're going to vote for Kamala Harris, or we're going to vote for uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke, who can't even, don't even know what his own name is, because we're going to get all this stuff free. They'll right away, if they're going to vote on that, they ought to be kicked out of college because they're stupid. Where do you think the money's going to come from, people? It don't fall out of the trees. They have, it is blatantly, you don't have to be a mathematician to realize if you're going to give free medical care to everybody, free education to everybody, and then you got that, what's that one guy's running, Yin Yang or something like that. He wants to give everybody $1,000 a month just for existing. He's not serious. Check it out. He wants to give everybody $1,000 a month just because. This country will belly up faster than you can imagine. When there's no borders, when Christianity is silenced, and they've taken your guns away. Huh? Well, they, I'll tell you what, David. They can come and get mine, and I'll give them the bullets first. That'd be all right. But I tell you what, I love the United States of America, but more than the United States of America, I love my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I believe this book, and I'll stand and I'll die on what this book says. Amen? Amen. Let's stand if you would please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence to thank you for this day, to thank you. Father God, for your holy, inspired, and errant, infallible word. We pray for our nation. We pray for our nation's leaders. We pray that they realize that the way, the truth, and the life is found only in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray if anyone here today doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that they pray this prayer. I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, Please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning while Jenny's playing this invitation, please come to the front of the church. You know, I love to preach sermons that makes everybody just feel nice, warm, and fuzzy when they go out of here on cloud nine. That's nice. That's easy. But God's Word says to preach the Word, to be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. That's what I'm told to do. There's going to be a whole lot of preachers stand before God and say, how come you didn't warn my sheep? I don't want to be one of those. And you've got to realize that Marxism, 
Communism, socialism is at war with Christianity. Father, thank you so very much for this day. Please lead us, guide us, direct us in all things for your glory. Keep us in our going out and coming in. Bring us back at the safe, blessed time. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's children said, Amen.